everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 613, NFL Week 1 Predictions. Big Chillians, welcome back to the Big Chill Podcast. I'm Frank, joins us with Eddie. Eddie, how's it going? I'm desperately trying not to melt at the moment, but aside <laughs> from that, things are going pretty well. I'm not enjoying the the September heat wave that, I mean, I think most of Europe, but certainly Paris is currently experiencing. It is decidedly unpleasant. Yeah, I was going to, so I was going to have my lab over for a party. This was in end of the year like June, May, June. And we had a pretty strong heat wave then. It was like 115 that weekend. So we had to cancel. So I said, I'd wait to the beginning of the school year. So we're having it this weekend. And it's actually been much cooler. It's been under 100 for most of the week. And it's going to bump back up to like 109 for the party. So uh, I guess we can't avoid that. But it's a little different being in Arizona than being in in Paris. Oh yeah, I mean, if I could flick on some air conditioning, I wouldn't care at all. But it's currently, I mean, we're five thirty in the afternoon. It's ninety two degrees, uh, thirty three degrees Fahrenheit for wow. our European Celsius. listeners. It's Celsius, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> it is awful. Like it's it's genuinely. I I went. I know you say my my no drinking policy. I genuinely had to go to a bar just to experience some air conditioning. Like that was the main reason for me going this could go down as the worst no no drinking no, no, end no, no, of no. summer in the history of of proclamations someone has me beat because uh on sunday i went for drinks with vasilis and he then sent me a message monday saying that's it i'm like done drinking for september and we didn't have a ton to drink but he just had decided he i think he's he's been in greece for a month yeah, so did, you, a, did you get any good vacation stories? Not really. None that would be entertain the podcast listeners. He didn't really. I mean, his earring is back in. That's the only. So, hey, <laughs> listeners, send us, you know, follow us on Instagram on maybe or, or, or Twitter, run a little poll. I'm very much in the anti-earring camp, and uh, but he's he's embracing it for now. But, yeah, he messaged me on Monday saying, that's it. I'm done for drinking until the end of the month. I was like, okay, that was Monday afternoon. He messaged me and Tuesday I had a drink with him. Wednesday I had a drink <laughs> with him. So, so he's 0 for 2 since he made that proclamation. So speaking of drinks, Eddie, I know we're going to do our uh, week one picks back by popular demand uh, after we just did a full NFL preview episode for the season. We'll get into our week one picks and kind of do that every week and kind of go through but before we do that, you mentioned drinks, and I want to ask you something that I thought was could be one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. So I will first start by saying uh, my team won our hockey championship for the highest division we have here. It was only the second time in six years I've ever won it, and there's probably about five seasons a year, so it's, I'm like two for 30. So it was a pretty big deal. We won. We were the underdogs. We were in like fifth place going into the playoffs, lost four straight to open the season, end up coming back and winning. But uh, so we were all hanging out at the bar after drinking. 
and celebrating. And the one guy who usually leaves pretty early came and he's like, oh, I'll have a drink with you guys. I'll celebrate. And he just orders vodka straight. Like we're not, no one's taking shots. Like we're all just, you know, having beers. And he's just like, I'll just do a shot of vodka. We're like, well, it's a little aggressive. It's like 1030 at night. You know, like you just got done with hockey. It's like a Tuesday, not like 1030 on a Saturday. It's like 1030 on a Tuesday. He's going to go home, go to work the next day. He's like, well, you know, like I can't drink carbonated beverages. And we're like, what? He's like, I get really, really sick whenever I drink something with carbonation. So I, so like the only thing I can really have is like hard alcohol. And I said, I was like, damn, I know people can't eat gluten and that kind of sucks. Cause you know, I love like pizza and hamburgers and shit like that. And I know there's like that new disease that people have where they get bit by that tick and then they all of a sudden can't eat meat. They like vomit at the taste of meat, but this not being able to drink carbonated beverages could be the worst food ailment I've ever heard. It's a pretty bad one. I mean, the advantage you'd have over, say, something like gluten or whatever is that at least it's easy to avoid. Like you don't have to, when you're ordering food, you don't have to say, is this drink carbonated? So at least you've got that done. But it but all you're drinking is basically water or juice. I mean, you can have cocktails. I mean, why but wouldn't you go cocktail? to? But what's the cocktail? Uh, just, you know, like fruit juice based cocktails, you know, why? Yeah, why, but that's what I mean. Like it's like all you can drink is juice. Right, but I don't know. I would have, in that situation. I'd rather have a Bloody Mary or something than just a <laughs> single a single shot of. It's again, it's tough. It would be difficult. Like I no mean, beers, you, no ciders, no sodas, no sparkling water. <laughs> oh no! I mean, for me, that eliminates ninety five percent of the liquid I drink because at yeah. home I mostly drink sparkling water. Like that's my preference over just plain water. So, okay, that's not the worst transition ever, but it's still annoying. And then, yeah, I mean, mostly I'm going to drink beers. That's out the window. Oof. You can get, I suppose, you can get some ciders that are have no carbonation. I mean, the interesting thing, like, can he drink Guinness? I don't have to ask. Because Guinness, whilst it is sort of, I mean, it's flat. It's nitro, it's, though. Yeah. Right? But, I mean, how does that impact him? He's not sort of, he's not experiencing the bubbles. Like, what is it that's actually causing... Yeah, we did, I didn't get so far into it. I was a little shocked and blown away by this. And then in my head, I'm just like, oh, fuck, my whole day is ruined. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can drink Guinness, then to me, that's that's not so bad. If that's a possibility, it's like, OK, I'm just a Guinness drinker. That's going to be the thing. Yeah. But I mean, like you're a big be... like tea, coffee, water, juice drinker. Well, just missing okay. out on soda has got to be killer. <laughs> Not that I drink soda very often, but there oh, are just you. those times that it's yeah. like, oh, I could really go for a Coke Zero or a Diet Coke. Just hits the spot. Someone the other day when we were out, well, they weren't. I went to a quiz on Tuesday, then they weren't drinking, so they did just have a Coke. And I mean, it's it's you know same as today. It's near, approaching a hundred degrees, and I'm not gonna lie. Like the guy got out the glass bottle of Coke and then a nice <laughs> glass filled with ice, and I was like, that does look pretty good like that it was right like that. it was like one of those live television commercials where like 100%. it drips down the glass like the, yeah. the bead of water drips down <laughs> no it looked unbelievably refreshing like i was but you know i i managed to resist and instead stick just to alcohol you know to to keep myself healthy but yeah the coke was the coke was pretty tempting yeah it's it's got to be a tough one because I, I i know you're saying you can drink you can have alcoholic drinks, but even those would get kind of annoying because if everything's juice based and it's so sweet and sugary, 
like when I think of like a lot of mixed drinks, you know, like rum and Coke or like vodka, uh, seltzer club soda, you know, like can't have any of those. <laughs> Is he single? No. Okay. Cause I think the dating experience would be part of the tough one because if you do go for drinks, I can drink wine. I mean, that's wine would have to become a big go-to for you as well. But the do dating, you want to get more like, details? On this? I'd be interested to know if he could drink Guinness. That would be the one Guinness, I'd like to okay. know. Yeah, you're right. Wine. But that would be really funny if we're celebrating a hockey victory at like a local, like our local bar inside the rink and everyone's getting like beer, beer. I'll take a uh, Chardonnay. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. First, if you if you have this issue, you'd think you'd have a list of about five things that have just are become have become your go to orders. So a shot of vodka being the default order is insane to me. Like that, actually, I'd be a little critical of him for because even if you just said vodka on the rocks or something, that seems better that you can just sip on. But to just be baffled by the possibility like he has obviously encountered this problem on a basically a daily basis you'd think you'd have a list in your head of or maybe he's just not a big drinker because of it maybe the the lack of carbonation has deterred him away from drinking but if you're again if you're not a big drinker why would the vodka shot be the first thing to go for (laughs) i just think this guy is just a massive alcoholic this is (laughs) this is the way he excuses himself when everyone's like, wait, why? Like, Dave, why are you drinking shots of vodka at lunch? And he's just like, I can't drink carbonation. I got no other options. This is, <laughs> this is all I can do. The vodka is too, like, in terms of shots, you can at least get, like, Captain Morgan's got a little flavor to it. <laughs> I quite like vodka shots straight. So I'm not, that doesn't, like, if it's a nicely chilled vodka, I think that's actually, it's kind of a nice shot. But, it wouldn't be again if I were your. Everyone else is grabbing beers and no one else is having a shot. Then I'd, I'd at least be having vodka on the rocks and just sipping on it. Or the same, like you'd think you'd develop some kind of taste for whiskey. You have a whiskey, either neat or on the rocks, something like. There's so many. There's a lot of options out there. Yeah, I don't know. It's strange. He took four straight shots of vodka, and then just drove away <laughs> real quick, <laughs> straight into a tree. <laughs> He said, I can't drink carbonation. Give me four shots of vodka. Downed him in 10 seconds and then just left. Then immediately threw up and, and then accused the uh, accused the bartender of slipping some Perrier into one of the shots. It was definitely the carbonation. <laughs> I had this big discussion with Vasilis. This is the only Vasilis-related update I can provide because, you know, he's in... And he's adamant that he has a gluten intolerance oh, as God. well as the fact that he's lactose intolerant. And he also believes right now he has another intolerance that he's yet to identify. And oh, I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we were discussing it's it. has got to do with that earring going back in. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a major tolerance for some things. But he, he, uh, you know, he, he was trying to explain to me how he definitely has an intolerance with his logic being that when he eats pizza, he feels a little bit bloated. I mean, this is his big argument for why he definitely has a gluten issue. When he, this, I, this is the classic, like when he eats an entire pizza, he feels oh, bloated. And this is the thing. He never eats only one pizza. So I said, when's the last time you ate pizza? He was like, Oh, two months ago. And I said, okay, how many, how much pizza did you eat? Three pizzas. Where did he <laughs> wait, 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 what size are these pizzas? 
so it's from Pizza Hut. So I think he's ordering like the medium pizza, like the, the pizza that's intended for one person, not a kind of the huge <laughs> oh my ones. God. But he ate three of those from Pizza Hut. And then his stomach felt bad. And he believes that's because of gluten, not because. And in the same way, too. Because they're like 4,000 calories each. Yeah. He also said that on Monday night, he'd eaten a little bit of gluten. And that's what caused him to feel bad. Not the fact that he'd had multiple drinks, you know, shots, cocktails, ciders. And it just, it, I tried it's to the classic to Tim. Yes. With the yeah. ciders. And I tried to speak to him about it being like, you, if you were, if you had at least had some kind of scientific approach here to trying to isolate the thing that causes you the problem, I could get on board with this. But what I, what frustrates me is listening to you tell me how you have a gluten intolerance because one night you went out and had 15 alcoholic drinks and then ate a disgusting amount of gluten food, gluten-based food from probably a disgusting place. Like for example, he eats fried chicken all the time. He says he's got no (laughs) issue eating fried chicken. That's like, doesn't, it misses the gluten radar for him. He he takes the breading off. (laughs) No, which he doesn't. He gobbles it up. But he... He, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, anyway, if it makes him happy, it's okay. But he, uh, he really believes that that's, it's the same too. He was like, look, I, I lost weight. This is, a, you know, he's like, my food, my, my face isn't as fat. I've lost weight. It's because my body can't process the gluten. I was like, or it's because you're just eating healthier as a result of eliminating the sort of gluten based food that you were ordering late at night. And then the sort of non-gluten alternatives are mildly healthier. And so you've lost weight. I mean, like this is, this would be the equivalent of someone saying, I must have a sugar intolerance because I cut sugar out of my diet and I lost weight. And it must be because my body couldn't break down sugar <laughs> properly. <laughs> Not because I was previously drinking 25 Cokes a day and I wasn't managing to burn it off at the gym. Oh, man. Anyway, speaking of intolerance, before we get on to our NFL previews, I don't know, a big storyline in England this week has been over Jordan Henderson's inclusion in the England squad after his move to Saudi Arabia. And he's facing sort of further backlash because it's his first time coming back. Already there's some discussion about whether or not he should even be in the England squad, given the fact that he's now playing at a significantly lower level. I'm in the camp of saying no, that if you go and play at that standard of football, you shouldn't be considered for England. But on top of that, he's been, he was a pretty outspoken supporter of LGBT. BTQ plus whatever, you know, uh, groups and organizations and causes. And I give him credit for that, but he's obviously facing a backlash as a result of having chosen to go and play in Saudi Arabia, (laughs) not exactly the sort of gay friendly capital of the world. And also denies the fact that he only went there for the money, which I also think is just outrageous that like money was not a factor. He wants to go there to grow the game. He wants, and wants everyone to believe that. But the thing that really bothered me about it is that in speaking about uh, the, what he's done and why people shouldn't be giving him, giving him such a hard time, he says, I've gone above and beyond to help the LGBTQ plus community. I've worn the laces I've worn the arm armband. I've spoken to people in that community to try to use my profile to help them. That's all I've ever tried to do. Is and he I'm talking about really... in Saudi he's done this? No. He said okay. he, cons- he is saying he will consider doing that in Saudi Arabia, but he has yet to do it. This is just when he was playing in the Premier League. And I'm not, you should, I, don't, I, I hate when people are critical of someone for doing something because obviously doing something is better than nothing. So whatever minimal effort you make is better than doing absolutely nothing at all. 
But the fact that he says, I've gone above and beyond to help them. And then his examples of this help is because he put rainbow colored laces on his football boots and wore a, an armband with the rainbow flag on it. That bit really bothers me. Like that to me is representative of sometimes how these athletes are misjudging the impact that their sort of platform can have. And they believe like, well, I'm changing the world through my shoelaces. And like, it's obviously, it does raise awareness. It makes people feel as if there's people on their side and that it's a more inclusive sport. I get it. It's a nice gesture, but to label it as above and beyond is kind of outrageous. Yeah. Fairly even maybe makes the above, definitely not above and beyond. (laughs) And, And when you first said that, I thought you were going to say that he did that in Saudi. And then I would have said, wow, that actually is definitely going above and beyond because you're probably risking brave. your life at that point. Yeah. Like that, I would have been extremely impressed. But yeah, I mean, I remember when almost all the players were doing that, you know, like it's kind of like when when in the NFL, when they do the cleats for causes, it's like I've gone above and beyond for my charity because I got a free cleats from nike that were super cool looking and got to wear them for a week you know it's like well everyone did (laughs) yeah and what does it what has it really achieved like that's the thing but i mean obviously these people do but he says he will consider doing something similar in saudi arabia and if he does that then he deserves some credit there's a little bit more bravery in that at the same time he's a an extremely high paid player in saudi arabia and they probably would happily let him wear it just so that he they can claim that they're also putting in effort but he says he has to consider it because he wants to be respectful of the culture in which he is now living. So, you know, he doesn't want to rock the boat too much. And maybe on other sporting related notes, just oh, worth wait. saying. I was going to say, oh, speaking of Saudi, uh, there was the uh, article that, or I don't know if it was even an article, but the quotes that Neymar had about him and Messi playing in PSG. I don't know if you saw that, but he said uh, when Neymar and Messi were in PSG, it was like playing in hell is about how he described it. Hell for him must be pretty fucking nice because <laughs> he's on a $36 million salary at PSG. Didn't even play like a full season once. Was like royalty walking around in Paris. Probably never paid for a thing his entire life in Paris that he was there. And it was living in hell for him. That is just such an insane statement. Yeah, again, it shows how out of touch so many of these people are. Because, yeah, I can get someone... I could, He clearly did not enjoy his time here. And that's fine. And there's a way for him to express that properly. He wasn't loved by the PSG fans. So he probably did pay for stuff because he wasn't... He was never really truly accepted as... Eh. You know, he, he always had this awkward position in a sense of... There had been these cult figures previously at PSG who had helped PSG to sort of established themselves as the dominant force within French football. And and then the likes of Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Angel Di Maria. And he never got that kind of adulation. And then on top of it, you had Mbappe as the kind of local boy. And then Messi came along as the real superstar. And he just had this sort of awkward position within all of that. So I can understand him saying he didn't love it there. He got booed, the same- Eddie. That is hell. <laughs> At the same time, hell seems a little bit extreme. And again, three million shows, a month. Ju- also, that's just PSG, not including endorsements. 
It also shows just a lack of awareness also on his part that there were reasons why people booed you because every February you disappeared to Brazil and never really came back. Yeah, there'd be pictures of you on a yacht in the middle of the season. You had more red cards, I think, in the period that he was in in French football than any other player, which for an attacking player is quite the achievement, really. You know, there's a lot of reasons why he wasn't uh, as popular as maybe he, he could have been, but it is what it is. Yeah, maybe before we get on to the NFL, one other little... We've obviously mentioned the U.S. Open a little bit. The semifinals are now set. Uh, it looks as if we're heading towards a Djokovic-Alcaraz matchup in the final, one that everyone expected. I guess the only thing I thought I'd say is Djokovic, when in, in making it to the semifinal, this is now his 47th semifinal at a major in his career, which is the record. And it's just... It's one of it's as we've discussed before. It's just he and a number of other athletes in this era are just setting such incredible feats of durability, consistent performance. I mean, to make it to forty-seven Grand Slam semifinals is just absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it is crazy, and it's you know, it's not as if he's limping his way there. I mean, he did have that one match where he was down two sets. But, you know, he still looks almost as good as ever. And, yeah, it's super impressive. I've actually watched a decent amount of the U.S. Open this past few weeks just because it's on at a good time and there's not much else on around that time. Um, but Alcaraz looked phenomenal yesterday against uh, your boy. Straight sets win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's all set up. At this point, for the Medvedev might test Alcaraz a little bit. That's going to be a good match to watch. Medvedev has looked pretty good. Yeah, he's I mean, he, all right. he just played. It was like 115 degrees out, which he made a statement that I have to call BS on. He said, I think after the first or second game, it was so hot that he couldn't even see the ball. He was just hitting it off of his senses. <laughs> I don't buy that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say tennis players do rely on the sound of the ball actually quite a lot. So that does I get play big, that. That does <laughs> play a big let's part. Let's put a blindfold <laughs> on you and see if you play as well. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that's... But yeah, it's... Also, how hot does it have to be so you can't... I don't know how that impacts the sense of sight. You know, like, I don't know why that would be the, the thing. The other thing with Medvedev is he keeps getting this inhaler, like, after his first... or Like, real early in the match, he like, this doctor comes and gives him the secret inhaler, and then he's phenomenal. And there's all the talk in the NHL about back in like the 90s when people would go play in Russia, they would get the Russian gas like in between games and no one really knew what it was, but it was definitely illegal. <laughs> this one, because Medvedev's getting some like secret gas here to like boost his lung capacity or something. Yeah. I mean, obviously everything he's got has to be approved, but it is a bit strange, but it's I, like, I, I, hey, I've got an inhaler. I take it sometimes before a game, so I don't suddenly go out and play with my senses. <laughs> but yeah, it will be interesting to see. It's it's difficult to imagine Djokovic being seriously tested in the semifinals, but... Oh, no no respect for the American? For, for Draper? Uh, it's been a nice no, run. No, it's, it's Shelton. Oh, Shelton, sorry. Mix them up, yeah. It's a bit a nice run, but not... You know I mean, Shelton, Taylor Townsend's mixed doubles partner. <laughs> It's a nice run, but it's not uh, the the person I was disappointed. At, I I felt sorry for Sinner in the match with uh, Zverev because just the the 
combination of cramping and the in- the angle ankle injury he seemed to have kind of could barely walk. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I I don't know. It's just it, it continues to disappoint in the sense that there Alcaraz is doing a good job of stepping up and becoming potentially the next big thing, but no one else in that generation is showing any type of consistency. No. All right, now shall we get to our week one? NFL picks. Predictions. That's, yeah. So for listeners who are unfamiliar, we will make our selections for each game, both against the spread and straight up sort of money line picks. Uh, we've had some good records in the past. Last year we stopped doing it. Uh, we maybe weren't doing quite as well. But hopefully <laughs> this year the two of us uh, can do well. So. We'll give a little bit of a justification for some games, but I think you know for some of them we won't go into to too much detail. So let's kick things off with the Thursday night game. That's the Lions at the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are four and a half point favorites. So Frank, what's your take on that? Yeah, it, are they still four and a half? Is my first question because the the line has been shifting dramatically ever since it was announced Travis Kelsey wasn't going to play. Uh, So now you have Kelsey and Jones. So two of the three best players on the Chiefs are not playing in this game against the Lions team that everyone loves, right? I mean, this is like one of the preseason picks for playoff contender, maybe, you know, maybe even making a run for the Super Bowl. They are a good team. I said in our NFL season preview, I thought they were a very good team. I'm going to go with the Lions with the points here. I think if you're putting this in a teaser or anything like that, I think like money line, I probably take the Chiefs. But I think with the points, just something about Mahomes being the only one really on that field that's an all-star at, at this time is tough against the Lions team who we know Dan Campbell, we know is he's got that that knack for giving obnoxious, crazy speeches. And I'm sure he'll have his team super fired up for week one on a Thursday night prime time. He'll make some crazy proclamation. Uh, I, I think they're going to come out strong. I, I think it'll be close game. Chiefs will win, but I think you're better off taking a Lions plus four and a half. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit torn because as I said, I'm not the biggest Lions believer and going with anything other than the Chiefs, especially for a week one game where they've had effectively unlimited amount of time to prepare for their opponent seems a little bit insane. But... I mean, they're missing, you know, particularly Kelsey being out. Like that's such an integral part of their offense. And in a close game, so often down the stretch, they just default to, you know, Mahomes to Kelsey to carry their offense. So I'm going to take the Chiefs with the – I'm going to take them minus 4.5, and I'm going to take them to win. But I think if this were anything other than week one, I would be – taking the Lions to win this. So I'm just going to say, I don't want to get off to a losing start in this picking contest by not not backing the Chiefs, but that's not necessarily the soundest reason to, to do it. Then on Sunday, we've got the Arizona Cardinals at the Washington Commanders, and the Commanders are seven-point favorites. What's your pick there? Oh, you're not going to cue your sound? Is this not the, the worst week game of the week? <laughs> I'm, 
I'm not sure yet, actually. I think there's a few candidates for worst ga- worst games of the week. And actually, this one might interest me slightly more than some of the others. Yeah, I saw Dobbs is starting at QB for the Cardinals. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know. This is one of those games uh, someone brought to my attention, I think it was last year, uh, or maybe it was the year before, where the Bucks had Fitzpatrick starting. Yeah, it was like two years ago. Fitzpatrick against the Saints in week one when the Saints still had Breeze. And the Saints were like 14-point favorites. And then Fitzpatrick and the Bucks went in and actually beat them straight up. And that's just the shit that happens in week one. You know, you can never trust big spreads, I think, in week one. I think that's tough. But I, this Cardinals team just is bad. And the coach is weird <laughs> talk about pregame speeches that he's already got some weird ones going out there uh, i i don't love sam howell but i'll i'll take i'll take the commanders yeah this is just a complete anti cardinals pick for me in that i think i don't know if they'll win a game this season and i don't expect them to have a if winning they record. do this will be the one. <laughs> Maybe, but I don't. I certainly don't expect them to have a winning record at any point this season. So, yeah, I, I think Washington are a decent team, and the Cardinals are the worst team in the in the NFL. So, definitely money line, take them. And seven points isn't such a. I feel like if this game is played week eight, this is like a twelve point spread. Oh yeah, if you for it. sure. You know, there. It's just that we're not quite sure just how bad the Cardinals are going to be, or if the if Washington's going to be okay. But this might be the shortest spread that the Cardinals have all season, almost. Yeah. Like and, this is. And I also think it's a lot easier as a player to get up for the first game of the year when your record is zero and zero versus week twelve when you're one and eleven. <laughs> Next up, we have. The Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons, and the Falcons are three and a half point favorites. The half is is a little scary there, but I'm just going to trust my instincts. Go with the Falcons. Desmond Ritter, second year quarterback versus a rookie quarterback in the first start. Uh, I think I think this could be an under. I think I saw the under was only thirty nine and a half or forty. I still think it could go under that just because. I don't think Carolina has many weapons, and I think the Falcons now have a three-headed running back back there. Oh, did you see that Cordell Patterson is listed as the Joker in the depth chart? They created a new position for him. I thought that was actually pretty funny. Uh, I think they're just going to run the hell out of this ball um, and not have to rely on Ritter to throw it. So I think the Falcons will win. I think it'll be a comfortable win, but I think it'll be a low-scoring game. Yeah. This falls into my category of it feels like this could be a bit of a toss-up in terms of the quality of the two teams. And in week one, certainly, when I think there's just more unknown factors, then I'm going to take the points. So I'm going to take Carolina plus three and a half points. And I think I'll even take them on the, on the money line just because Ooh. I don't think it's incon- inconceivable that we get to a point in the season where the Panthers are definitely the better team out of these two. And so... Week one, when we have less evidence to base decisions on, I will just uh, go with the go with the underdog. Up next, we've got the Bengals at the Browns, and the Bengals are two and a half point favorites. Do you want to start this one? I know, I know, you're a big Browns guy. I am a big Browns guy, and. 
I'm also at times a little bit of a Bengals doubter. So this is a almost a perfect storm from my perspective. I the, the big question here, right, is just how healthy is Joe Burrow in a sense? Like if you tell me he's in, at all affected by the calf injury that he had in preseason, then my confidence in the Browns grows. Obviously, the Bengals are the better team out of these two. But sometimes this can be a little bit of a bad matchup. I mean, for starters, right, the, the Browns like demolished the Bengals last year in one of those games, right? The Halloween game. When they Burrow, just, one, Burrow's one for four against the Browns in his career. Yeah. It just feels like a bad matchup because the pass rush is pretty good. You know that they'll get him. They'll have he'll be under pressure. It kind of plays into all of the weaknesses of the Bengals. And then if the Browns' run game really starts going, they can just kind of squeeze the life out of the Bengals. So with all of that considered, I'm I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Browns with the two and a half points, which feels kind of meaningless. You know, like to be under three and taking the underdog, it's an it's going to be unusual for the Browns to, you know, cover but not win. So I'm also going to be taking them on the mon- on the money on the money line as well. Yeah, this is just a bad matchup for the Bengals. I mean, their O line isn't the best to begin with, and you have Joe Burrow, who's definitely not 100. percent I don't care, he's not. Like you can't come off an ankle injury like that and be 100 percent week one playing against. The Browns, who if they have one real good thing, it's it's a D line that'll get after you. Um, I think I'm. I every part of me wants to say Browns, but I just really genuinely think the Bengals have so many weapons. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Bengals. I don't trust Deshaun Watson. I I think I need to see more of Deshaun Watson before I start betting him. So with that, I think I'll take the Bengals minus two and a half. It's the safe. It's the safe pick. Up next, we have the Texans at the Ravens, and the Ravens are 10-point favorites. I think I'll just be quick on this. I think, you know, the Ravens are not one of the best teams in the NFL, but they're sort of that second tier of good teams. They're in that mix, and the Texans, I think there's not a huge amount to be optimistic about for this season. So I'll take the the Ravens minus 10 and obviously to win. A slight risk, ten points opening opening weekend. It's a big spread. It does kind of worry you, but yeah, I think it's the this is the sort of Lamar Jackson comeback game, and I could see a scenario here where he has you know five hundred combined yards, and everyone's talking about MVP Lamar Jackson is back. So I'll just I'll just go with a safe option and take the favorite. Yeah, I I mean. The only issue here is Todd Munkin's new offensive coordinator, and he said he's going to air the ball out a lot more. And the reports from camp haven't been spectacular. You know, it's not as if we're hearing like Lamar Jackson's hitting Odell and Zay Flowers on deep balls every time. Not hearing that at all. So that slightly worries me that maybe Lamar isn't doing so well in this new offense. But the stat I really enjoyed is Lamar Jackson. Three and one in week one with wins of 49, 32, and 15 points. So I think he likes to come out week one and, and prove his point. 10 is a lot, but I'll take the Ravens as well. Yeah. Well, you know how accurate some of those reports that come out of camps can be. So, no, that's just uh, you. <laughs> Somehow you think you've got a report from a camp that just doesn't exist. <laughs> Up next, we've got the, the Jags at the Colts. 
and the Jags are five point favorites. Uh, the Colts seem to be a little bit of a, a dumpster fire at the moment. Not not a lot going right. I guess you have to say that they've at least upgraded from a head coaching perspective. Uh, the sort of Jeff Saturday experiments definitely didn't work. And so now they at least have someone with coaching experience in charge. But you've got a rookie quarterback making his, his debut. I think it's against a, a pretty good Jags team that have a good sense of who they are at this point. So I think it's tough to pick anything other than the Jags. So I'll take the Jags minus the five points and, and the Jags money line as well. Yeah, I'll do the same. I think the Jags are are one of the hot teams this season. Everyone's another team that everyone seems to kind of be riding on. I don't really like the Colts right here. I don't like Anthony Richardson coming in week one, having not really been throwing the ball much in college to step into an NFL offense. So uh, I'll take I'll take the Jags. And then we have probably, I guess, the highlight of the, well, Bengals-Browns might be, but one of, between the Bengals and the Browns in this game, highlights of the early games, it's the Niners at the Steelers, and the Niners are two and a half point favorites. I, well, I mean, look. It's, it's no, the, it is. It's a good game. It's a good game. You know, the Steelers are kind of on the up, and the Niners obviously have established themselves as a consistent Super Bowl contender at this point with this setup, so... And there's a lot of storylines within that that are interesting, like Brock Purdy. Uh, you know, can he continue uh, what we saw from him last season? So I wouldn't be stunned if the Niners lost this. Also, it feels like in recent seasons, the Niners have been bad in week one games. They've lost a lot of games in week one that you wouldn't have thought they would have lost, or at least certainly also struggled in week one games. But I'm not a total believer yet in. Uh, this Steelers team. Like, I do think this is, there's more question marks here for me than surrounding them than there are uh, with, uh, with the Niners. And I'm not totally certain just how good Kenny Pickett is yet. I don't think he's bad, but this feels like a lot of confidence to place in a team that looked very bad for large parts of last season to now go against one of the better teams in the NFL and, and start things strongly. So I will take the Niners minus two and a half and the Niners to win. Yeah, so should be noted, Nick Bosa should be back on the field. I don't know if he's going to play the full game or not. I doubt it, uh, but he will be out there, signed a nice new contract, highest paid defensive player in NFL history. Um, yeah, I'm with you. So I'm not super sold on Purdy right now. I mean, I think he had a great year last year, but he's coming off a big injury. So I don't know if he's 100% yet. But if you compare the body of work of Purdy from last year versus Pickett from last year, I think Purdy's the clear winner. I think their defenses match up well against each other. So I think that's kind of a wash. Uh, I just think the Steelers have a better offense and will Shanahan will have a good defense prepared to make Kenny Pickett's life miserable. So I'll take um, I'll, I'll take the Niners. It should be noted. I heard a good stat. Mike Tomlin is the all-time winningest coach as an underdog against the spread and straight up. So there's a guy who definitely probably gives a good pregame speech, especially when they're the underdog. But uh, I think here, I think the Niners are the better pick. All right. Up next, we've got. 
actually, you might not know. Obviously, I'm looking at the list. You don't know which game I'm about to say next. But you asked where my sound was, and here it comes. And I'm next. We got the Bucks at the Vikings, with the Vikings six point favorites. And honestly, of all the games on this on this list of on the schedule, I find this one sort of the the least interesting. It's the game of the week that I want to spend no time watching at all. Like the most I want to see out of this game is maybe a spectacular Justin Jefferson catch showing up on a highlight reel at some point, but it's difficult to, for me, you know, at least with the Cardinals game, I want to see just how bad they are. This, I just think the Bucks will be bad and the Vikings will be okay. They'll be the usual Vikings team that we've experienced, you know, many times over the past few years. And I think this will be a classic Vikings trying to convince people that there should be some hype surrounding them. So I can see the Vikings absolutely blowing the Bucks out. And then we have a week of, hey, this team was actually pretty good last season. Like, why, are, why is everyone so out on the Vikings? This could be the year. Maybe now they're flying slightly under the radar. Things could be going well for them. So I'll take the Vikings to win and the Vikings to cover the spread. But I will not be reacting, overreacting to any Kirk Cousins 450 yard performances and you know a few days of Izzy in the in the MVP discussions yeah I don't this spread at minus six at home for the Vikings seems a little bit of an insult I get that even though they were 13 and three 13 and three last year 13 yeah 13 and three last year their point differential is actually in the negative it's the only oh, time th- in NFL 13. history 13 and four, I think. Yeah. 13 and four. 17. Oh, yeah. yeah, sorry, 13 and four. Um, their point differential was in the negative. So the first time in NFL history that 13-win team didn't have a positive point differential. But, I mean, what is there to like about this Bucks team? Are people – like, I, I, it blows my mind that people are still in on Baker Mayfield. How many times, how many chances are we going to give Baker Mayfield before we realize he's just an average quarterback? But Frank – Frank, can't you remember? Can't you remember? He's the Walmart version of Brett Favre. Can't you remember how special? I remember that Thursday night when he came in during the game, and they the Browns had that comeback, and both you and I were texting each other, and what a wonderful experience that was with Baker, you know, looking like the looking like what Johnny Manziel was supposed to be. You know, that was what happened. And then he, I mean, he hasn't gone off the rails as much as Johnny Manziel did, but no. It's yeah, I I certainly he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think this much is clear. He's a decent backup. I think a lot of teams could if you have him as the backup, you can at least feel comfortable that he's probably not going to be the reason you lose. Like if you're a pretty good team, Baker Mayfield can probably manage your way to a decent record. But he shouldn't be your number one option in yeah. in the NFL at this point. He's got a I think he has the intangibles from like a um, competitiveness swagger standpoint. Like I wish Daniel Jones had the competitiveness and swagger that Baker Mayfield had. I think Daniel Jones could be a top five QB with that. But what Baker doesn't have is just the consistency of being good in the NFL. Uh, and, and yeah, I'm not that worried. And I know it's going to come back to haunt me when Baker Mayfield goes for like 350 and 4 TDs this game. But I think you got to take the Vikings here. It's also tough because he just seems super likable. 
Like he feels like a guy, if you're on the team, you like playing with Baker Mayfield. And yeah. again, the discussion, I think as a fan of a team that has Baker Mayfield, you, you like having him be the guy you root for. But ultimately, he's just yeah. not he's, quite good enough. He's going to be great in the booth. I think at this point, just hang up the laces and get in there. You're going to make more well, money. You're going to be hurt less. <laughs> well, he needs to play longer in the NFL if he wants to be in the booth in the NFL. No, I, I think he could he could get in tomorrow if he wanted to. No, I think he could get into college for sure tomorrow. Oh, he'd be but, a legend in the college football booth. I think he has a, a future in, in college media coverage for sure. But I think the... The NFL, I think he might not quite make the cut when it comes to, you know, you think of all the people he's going to be competing against over the next 10 years who are retiring and will probably want a career in the media. I don't think Baker is picking up any big I, I don't care how great Brady is. Who would you rather listen to, Brady or Baker? Oh, Brady. I mean, honestly, I'd no rather way. listen. Yeah, because who do I think is going to provide me with more insights into what the actual game Brady, I think, would provide you with just a really unique perspective in terms of explaining what uh, defense is giving you, what you could, how you know, how you could try and pick them apart. I would much rather that. Over. Did Brady ever grab his junk going up thirty against a team that wouldn't shake his hand? Did <laughs> Baker Mayfield ever make out with his child? <laughs> you know, so who knows? Ba- Baker's going to be a, a mini booger. <laughs> <laughs> That was not an experiment I particularly enjoyed. All right, up next we've got the Titans at the Saints, and the Titans are the Saints are three point favorites. Uh, I'll be quick on this one. This is kind of a somewhat compelling game. I'm actually just going to say there's too many unknowns here for me with uh, with the Saints, so I'm going to take the Titans with the three points and the Titans to win as well. Three and a half, you said, right? I think the half three. is huge. Oh, no, three. It's three. It's exactly okay. three. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go into Saints. I. I think the Saints are actually gonna win this division this year. Uh, I think they're a good team. I'm gonna go Saints. Okay, and then we've got the the Packers at the Bears, where I think this is one of the most surprising lines of the week, honestly, because I presume you've seen this line. I'm guessing, or have some sense of where it is, but I mean the. The Bears are one-point favorites, and I really don't know how I get it. It's Jordan Love. The Packers are not special, but the Bears are truly awful, and I don't really know why they will have significantly improved over what we saw from them for the majority of last season. So to me, I would be taking the Packers here if it were the Packers minus three. So the Bear taking the Packers with, with a point, I mean – it's not going to come into play, right? I mean, there's best case scenario you could have is a push when the Bears win by one and you get your money back. But the reality is, you know, the one point is kind of insignificant. But I'll take the Packers plus the one point and the Packers money line as well. Yeah, I, this is another one. I just, I think it's you and I both. Maybe we're just not seeing what everyone else is seeing. Everyone loves this Bears team and loves Justin Fields. Justin Fields cannot throw the ball. I, I just don't, I don't see it. They lost their last 10 games last year. They're not that great of a team. And people are, are putting them in to make the playoffs and make deep runs. Like, I don't see it. I, I don't I don't see it. I think the Packers have, have better coaching, and I still think they have better talent around them. And I don't think Jordan Love's going to be that bad. He's had three years under Rodgers. And, you know, all from what I've heard from, from the – 
Packers camp, Eddie, is that he's been looking pretty good. So I'm going to take the Packers here. I don't, I don't buy this Bears hype. I do not think that Justin Fields is going to be the next great quarterback in the NFL. I don't see it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in, in agreement. And then, I mean, that was the first of the night games, I guess we should say, or the afternoon games, depending on obviously what time zone you're in, the second set of games. Then we have the Rams at the Seahawks, and the Seahawks are five and a half point favorites. I'll be quick on this one again. You know, we kind of in our uh, preview for this season, both identified obviously the Rams as being truly awful and the Seahawks of being like a playoff caliber team. And this just feels like a very good way for the, the Seahawks to get their season up season started so i'll take the see the seahawks to win and the seahawks to cover the spread yeah did you see cooper cup went to minneapolis to get in a a third opinion or whatever on his hamstring so i mean it's got to be pretty serious right if you're flying out of california where probably all the most expensive best doctors are located to go to minneapolis minnesota to get an opinion on your hamstring that thing's got to be bothering the hell out of them so when one third of your team basically at that point is is injured, I don't see them having much of a shot. I'm, I'm also in on the Seahawks here. Well, mostly in agreement so far. There's only one or two where we've disagreed. Up next, we've got the the Raiders, the Broncos, and the the Broncos are three and a half point favorites. This is the the matchup of two slightly fallen quarterbacks. Uh, Almost this matchup would have been kind of inconceivable three years ago with these two quarterbacks playing in these locations. I just am going to give the Broncos the benefit of the doubt that they cannot be as bad as they were last season and that the change at head coach has to have some kind of impact on them. I do think that everything coming out from them in terms of Russell Wilson kind of being forced to be more normal is probably a, a benefit to the team coming from a 55 year old man in in, in nike air <laughs> yes but at least, you know it does seem like he may be focusing on the right aspects of the game for this so i may regret this because if they are just terrible like they were last season this could be another one of those lines that you look back on sort of in week 10 and think wasn't it crazy that the broncos were three and a half favorite three and a half point favorites against the raiders but i'll take the broncos to win and to cover the spread yeah, this is a game I will 100% stay away from. Uh, I don't trust either of these teams. But for me, for all the reasons that you just said, this sounds like a trap game because of that. And this is the game that the Raiders come out and win and then win four more the rest of the season, if that. So I'm just going to go on a whim here and, and take the Raiders. You know, it's three and a half, you said, right? So, you know, maybe it's they lose by that field goal. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Then we have a game that I'm sure one of the ones you're most looking forward to watching, which is the Dolphins at the Chargers. Chargers yeah. are three and a half point favorites. And I will take the lead on this one. I'll let you spend more time discussing this. But I'm going to be quick here. This is this is the start of me being anti-Justin Herbert. And I hope it's a position that can continue throughout the season. And I think a fully healthy brain functioning Tua and this Dolphins team will be too good for this Chargers team. So I'm going to take the Dolphins plus three points and also the Dolphins to win outright. This is a game for people, and I know you love to do it, with the teasing, the spread, and adjusting the lines. I think if you can take the Dolphins here plus nine, plus 9.5, you know, whatever sort of 
NFTs people are doing, I think that would be tremendously tempting. I can't imagine the Chargers winning this by double digits. But anyway, I'm taking the them with a conventional spread and and also to win. Yeah, I mean, let's not look at last year, right? When uh, they played and Justin Herbert threw for 367 and Tua threw for a staggering 145 yards. Oof, I'm so scared about Tua here. This is Justin Herbert all day. He's the the better QB in this draft class. He's going to show he's the better QB in this game. I'm all in on the Chargers here. All right. And then to wrap up the second set of games, we have the Eagles at the Patriots, and the Eagles are four-point favorites. In the season preview, I did talk about the fact that, you know, this Patriots defense is very, very good, and I think they're going to keep a lot of games close even against opponents who are on paper significantly better than them. But with all that being said, this, as we also mentioned, this is such a well-rounded Eagles team. And I can't, you know, they are definitely going, this Eagles, no matter how good this Patriots defense is, this Eagles team will score points. And I just can't trust this Patriots team to score any significant number of points. So I'll take the Eagles to win and the Eagles to cover the spread. Yeah, I'm... I'm not as sold on the Patriots defense. I think besides Judon, I think they're a little overrated and inflated just because it's Belichick. And I I think the Belichick um, boost is starting to fall a little bit here. I am definitely in on the Eagles here. And I was trying to look and see what the total is for the Eagles because I think I would love to take whatever the total for the Eagles is on the over here. I think they're going to come out and put up 40 against the Patriots. All right. Confidence. Then we get on to your beloved Giants, Sunday night football. The Cowboys at the Giants and the Cowboys are three and a half point favorites. So I'll let you take the lead. Yeah. I, for those who listen to the our NFL season preview, I picked the Cowboys to actually make the Super Bowl this year. I think they have a very talented roster. I think they're going to put it together, but I think they're going to start the season 0-1. Or at least against the spread, they're going to start the season 0-1. I am going to go the Giants here. Uh, Giants at home. It's it's a big game. They're going to come to play. I think it's going to be a close game. I honestly think the Cowboys will win this, but I think the Giants cover. I think this comes down to a, a game-winning field goal at the end of regulation. The, the Giants, they're, they're going to surprise a lot of people, I think, this year. They have a better roster than people give them credit for. And I think they have a better coach than Mike McCarthy, for sure. I think Dayball is the real deal. Good stat here, Eddie. With Rodgers leaving the Packers, Dak Prescott is now the longest tenured quarterback in the entire NFL. That is crazy to think. He It doesn't seem like he's been there that long. I mean, he has. It doesn't seem like it, but he is now the longest tenured quarterback in the NFL, entire NFL. Yeah, that does seem surprising. <laughs> like it's, it's difficult to... I would not have thought that was the case. Would have been a good... If you'd asked me that just as a quiz question, I'm not sure I would have gotten that right. I was going to, and then I thought maybe I should ask it now, but I thought they would kind of give it away. <laughs> yeah, no, with the timing, if you'd asked it either at the beginning or the end, you, you might have got me. And then we wrap things up Monday Night Football. Wait, you didn't make your pick. Oh, yeah, my pick for this game. 
I'm going to take the Cowboys to win and to cover the spread. I'm not as much of a believer in how good this Cowboys team is as you are, but I also don't think that the Giants are anything particularly special. So I'll give... This is right in the... A point or two more, and I definitely would have taken the Giants here against the spread, but it just feels like... I mean, the Cowboys are the better team. They ended last season on such a low in that playoff defeat against the Niners with that kind of laughable final play with... Uh, Elliot just getting steamrolled as that as that fourth down play just fell apart. That you feel like they're going to have. This is one of those dumb things people say. Everyone obviously wants to win in week one, but you do feel like maybe as in the Cowboys camp there would have been. There's a particular focus on let's start things well because we ended things so badly last time around. So yeah, I will. Good. Yeah. So yeah, for that reason alone, I'm just going to trust the Cowboys for this week, but I will not be picking them too consistently, I don't think. Yeah, and these are obviously division rivals, and the Cowboys have owned the Giants in recent years. Uh, Last year, they beat them both times, I think by eight and seven or something like that. So pretty convincing wins both times last year. Yeah, and then next, we were finished things off with a nice start. Great Monday Monday night. night. Actually, I think great Sunday and Monday night games. Yeah, and a decent Thursday night game. They did a pretty good job of all the primetime games actually having very watchable or watchable slate of games. Yeah, who doesn't want to watch Mahomes? It doesn't matter what he's on. And so we've got the Bills at the Jets. The Bills are two and a half point favorites. Obviously, this is the first full experience of Aaron Rodgers in New York, a Bills team that I think. It feels like there's been a shift. You know, they've gone from a team everyone loved and who everyone thought were legitimate Super Bowl contenders, if not even at times the team to beat if you're going to win to the Super Bowl, to now it feels like they have more doubters than they have believers. And I just think with this Jets offensive line and their just inability to be able to protect Aaron Rodgers and the fact that you just know that this Bills team can score points, I'm going to take the the Bills minus two and a half and the Bills to win. Money line. Yeah. You know, Rogers, he might've owned the bears back in his day, but Josh Allen is, is five and one in his last six against the jets and the bills own the fucking jets and the bills are going to continue to own the jets. And Aaron Rodgers is going to make two or three terrible throws this game that are going to cost his team. And the jets are going to be asking for him to be released by week five jets fans. I should say. This is the start of the Aaron Rodgers downfall right here. Week one. All right. Well, that that wraps things up then for our week one predictions. In the past, we always did like a little, little bet, our bet of the week on the NFL. For me, you know how it's going to go. It's always a... Uh, a money line parlay or a, for our non-American listeners, it's sort of double or treble that I usually throw on. And this time around for me, it's going to be, I'm going to back the, it's a simple double backing the two teams that made the NFC championship game last year. I'm going to do an Eagles uh, Niners money line double. Eddie, this is pretty crazy. Cause I'm going to do, an Eagles Niners against the spread double. Oh, <laughs> wow. Throwing the Duke of Curse right onto my first bet of the bet of the season. 
I, nothing, nothing I love more than to go against the Steelers in week one already. <laughs> Just taking shots at the Steelers every chance I can. Well, I guess that wraps up the NFL for week one. I guess the other big story of the weekend, the Rugby World Cup gets underway in France. The opening match is a really good one. France, New Zealand on Friday night. And then a couple other decent matches over the weekend, including England-Argentina, which uh, the England, England's preparations for the World Cup have been so bad that as I've done my little polls of people who I know about whether or not they've got a chance of winning this match, I think I've yet to find an England fan who told me they think that they're going to beat Argentina, which I actually think, again, it's there's not a lot of evidence to base this on. Argentina did not have a great rugby championship this year. They did have a very good rugby championship the year before. England, obviously, pretty much everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for them in the preparations for this World Cup. But this feels like one of those opportunities you get that England will end up winning this match. And at the end of it, all the people who sort of talked up Argentina will say, well, yeah, but ultimately England against Argentina in a Rugby World Cup, England are the ones that, you know, should show their class. So I think England can get off to a decent start, although I don't think as a, the World Cup as a whole will be a, a positive experience for them. But an easier group and an easier side of the draw is the is the only sort of silver lining for an otherwise bit of a mess. So who's your favorite to win? I think Ireland will win the World Cup. Wow. It's tough because the way the way that draw goes and you have Ireland, South Africa, France, New Zealand all on one half of the draw and they they are the four favorites to win the tournament. So A they're going to knock each other out. And also, B, they're just their path to the final is so much harder than if you are on England's side. So that works against Ireland slightly. But I I mean, I think they'll win. I, I was up until a couple of weeks ago when South Africa really took New Zealand apart. New Zealand would have been my pick. But yeah, I'll, I'll go with Ireland now. Yeah, I'm really. Ireland have never even been in, finished in the top four ever. No, <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're usually, history would tell you they get knocked out in the quarterfinals. But I'm really in an anyone but France. That's my, that's really what I want. I just can't deal with French people when they win something. So as long as it's not France, I'll be okay. Any other topics to cover? No, I don't have much. I mean, we said it's pretty much a lull for television. Uh, you know, besides Only Murders, which is not having a good season right now. And uh, Ahsoka, which might be the end of Star Wars as we know it. <laughs> Uh, besides that i have not been watching too much i started the americans i've been on my matthew reese kick so i started the americans it's it's a little slow it is slow it's definitely you you have to take i hate it when people do say this because to say like well you got to make it through the first four or five episodes or whatever i tell you that and you say i can't do it no way (laughs) anytime i tell you that you always say that I don't think that's my exact reaction, but I do think that's a big, often a good excuse for bad TV because basically it's saying if you watch this enough that you feel almost obligated to keep going because you've invested so much time in it, then actually it kind of turns around. It's not. Oh, really... I'll finish the show now. I'll do all six seasons. Like once I've started a show, it's I'm exactly. still on the background watching Suits. I'm, I've gotten up to like episode <laughs> uh, season six or seven oh, at this Christ. point. Mike's now in jail. Sorry for spoiler alert, but <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think you can really spoil a TV show that ended 
several years ago, but uh, yeah. Spoiler alert, Mike gets out of jail. Sorry to ruin the show for you, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I figured he did. It's only a two-year sentence. So. But yeah, it's 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 good so far. It is just a little... It's not even that it's slow. I think it's just the, the hour network television is just naturally... Because it's an hour, they like... Things build a little slower and they kind of repeat actions a lot you know within the episode where it's like yeah i get it okay move on i get it you know but that's just the nature of an hour-long network tv show like that so but it's good so far i like it i have a lot of traveling coming up so you know i'll have a lot of time to watch that and then i have a bunch of movies on my list that i want to watch for when i get on my planes and have 10 hour plane plane rides On my front, I got, I kind of had nothing. I've, I've done, I've been in my usual YouTube rabbit holes watching some TV shows, but I haven't actually been really investing too much time in, in watching them in their entirety. Been watching quite a lot of Seinfeld and house clips. <laughs> a lot of house, I will say. A lot of house. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. To me, like never, they, never lupus. The, you know, it's never anything boring. It's never just the common cold. <laughs> but I, I do enjoy because you can go on YouTube and just watch these like eight to it's, it's I'd say seven to twelve minute videos, which is just like the case that he dealt with in that episode. It removes yeah. all, all and of not letters. him like being on drugs or. Nah. Or gambling addictions or going to jail or no, killing someone. <laughs> or the romance, anything like none of that matters. And it's just this person comes in and it goes through the whole treatment. It's not bad, although occasionally it does drive me insane because they then leave out the fun, the ending. So it'll be like, well, we should do this treatment. And then did they die? Did they survive? Was, <laughs> that, was, was that the correct final diagnosis? You know, like Wait, you know, why is that not on there? I don't know. Whoever People who make because you find out like while while he's like with a woman, so they cut it. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I mean, no, it, it's possible. Maybe there was like no easy way to show the conclusion of it. But that's the only time where it does really frustrate me. And I, it's hard to be critical of the people who go out of their way to upload these clips. Like it's not as if this is an official clip of the show. I will say, obviously, they're making money off of it, so. Do it, do it properly. If you're going to try and grow a channel on the basis of, of appealing to people like me who will just watch random clips of random TV shows, you know, do it, do the whole thing. How much do you think Hugh Laurie was making per episode from House? Oh, a ton. I'll say like two and a half million dollars. Per episode? Yeah, I don't know. Like the Friends characters got on one million an episode, right? So then that was... Yeah, and that was Friends. <laughs> I know, but House was huge, and there's inflation in the salaries, right? I don't know how much. Was At it? his peak, he was making seven hundred thousand an episode. He was underpaid then. <laughs> you know what, Eddie? He was working in hell. <laughs> Being on House was hell. <laughs> I mean, like, so how much do you think the Big Bang Caius got paid? Oh, they were getting paid a lot. Um, at the end, like at their peak, 
peak, yeah. 1.3 million an episode. Yeah, it kind of puts them all in that range. This is a very this breaks down the the supporting cast in more detail. But yeah, they it lists all of them as over a million per episode once they got onto their final contracts. Some of these support some of the supporting cast looking through their salaries, that's where you're really lucky or fucked. No, lucky. I mean, you got John oh. Ross Bowie was making $50,000 per episode for his appearances on uh on the show. I mean, to be a, just a kind of recurring character, but not really yeah. being in the show for that many minutes, even per episode, that's just got to be a dream come true. Yeah, I remember though, House had a lot of episodes too. I mean, uh, Friends and, oh. and Big Bang did as well. But like, if you're making 700000 an episode, that's a lot for a season. <laughs> it is. But I will say, by, in, by in, in comparison, I think he's underpaid. Whoever his agent is did a bad job. I think it's, on, it's more difficult. Accent. He had to limp the whole time, which is just a, like he, there was more acting involved in what he did. <laughs> he now has a permanent limp because of that role. Yeah, exactly. Now he's suing them. <laughs> but, but I I just think personally, you also have to like memorize a lot tougher terminology and vocabulary. You know, friends, you know, you're just r- ripping jokes. This one, you have to throw out these crazy terms and giving medications and dosages and things. That's got to be tough. It would be interesting. I always think this is how much do they absorb? Like, do you think Hugh Laurie can can look at like a patient chart? And be like, uh, yeah, it looks like it's meningitis. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, in his instance, probably less because everything he was dealing with was always so extreme that you're unlikely. But it's true if you maybe were playing, if you're on ER for 15 years and you do have that moment of, okay, I've, I know what the uh, the common symptoms of this is. And like, oh, if yeah. I look at, oh, your, your glands are swollen. Like you, this is probably <laughs> what you have. Like what if it's like a law show, not suits, but a, a show where they're actually in court more. Do you think they could no. do you think they could act like a lawyer in court? <laughs> act like a lawyer? Sure, but would they be able to deliver anything that helped their client? Absolutely not. But do you think they could call like a proper objection? Like could they could tell like what a proper objection and like what the reasoning for it is? Could An they objection. identify it? An objection, maybe. Because that you might get just used to, like what's the how to do it and what your justification is for the objection. That they might be able to do. But no, actually, put, like put together a, a case, an argument for someone. <laughs> I mean, I say this: could they, in a sense, yes, but only if they were willing to, you know, do the hours of necessary preparation to look through case law. You know, it's not as if they will have had, uh, you know, sort of jurisprudence just sort of drilled into their head to the extent that they can just reel it off. But it, it would be possible. Like if you told me I had to pick a random non-lawyer to be a lawyer for me. And I could pick an intelligent actor who had played a lawyer on TV for like 10 (laughs) years. That wouldn't be, it wouldn't be my last pick. (laughs) That's funny. What if they stayed at a Holiday Inn? That's not a reference that I can. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. 
what's the, what's that reference? That was like the commercials Holiday Inn would always do is like a normal person would pretend they were some occupation and they'd be like, oh, are you a lawyer? No, but I did say at a Holiday Inn Express last night. All right. Well, with that, I guess we'll uh, call it a day. Guess so. Very excited for week one, NFL. Let's go. Yeah, that should be good. See ya. I, I'm not, I'm not going to bite on the let's go. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> now we're just, talk to you later. See ya. <laughs> Cheerio. Cheerio. <laughs> Cheerio.